unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast, and we've got a very special episode lined up for you this week. Coming off of the episode that we did last week, I don't know if there was a way that we could top it, but I'm betting that we, I'm betting that you, David, figured out a way to top what we did last week and uh, kind of ride the flow that we started last week. And I'm excited about this week's episode. So, with that said, I'm going to turn it over to you. Last week's episode was definitely for the advanced working copywriters, and anyone could have gotten benefit of Today, it's especially for people who want to break through at a new level, even earlier in their career. And, and that is, if you want to get into financial copywriting, which a lot of people do, our special guest today, Rob Braddock, is just the copywriter to tell you. Uh, Rob started his financial copywriting career about five years ago at Agora Financial, where he did well. Rob left Agora to work at Wealth Press and working with a high-powered team. He wrote copy that resulted in millions and millions of dollars of additional sales. All told, so far in maybe, I don't know, five, six-year career, Rob counts about $60 million in sales that his copy has produced. Not too shabby, right? Rob's gone off on his own and become a freelancer. He did that last December, and he agreed to come on the show today to help people who want to get into financial copywriting, to help them understand how he did it and give them some ideas on how they can get started. Rob's a Marine Corps veteran, and he has had personal experience doing face-to-face sales before, before he even wrote a sales letter. So Those are a couple things to keep in mind about what made him successful. One thing I especially appreciate about Rob is how he gets straight to the point without getting too deadly serious about it. And I predict you'll have a lot of fun listening to us today. But I really don't know if you'll have any fun at all when I tell you that copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Rob, welcome and thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, okay. So let's dive in. We got so much to cover and relatively little time considering how much we got to cover let's start with the most important thing about financial copywriting that most people don't know but need to know the most important thing to realize is that it is way easier to get into than you think it is and it is also way harder to get into than you think it is (laughs) and then once you get into it it's way easier to write a financial promo than you think it is. And it's way harder to write a financial promo than you think it is. I'm not trying to be clever or cute with that answer, but that is like the genuine feeling that I have about it. Like 
the things that I thought would be difficult are the easy things. And the things that I thought would be easy are the difficult things. There you go. For example? Yeah, for example, you really don't need to know a lot about finances in the stock market. Like, does it help to have like a general working understanding of it? Of course. When I got into it, I had zero, like zero idea about anything. I, I knew what a stock was. There you go. Well, uh, that's it. And I was, I, I was worried about that. But um, old Aaron Gensler over there at Agora Financial, he stressed like, "Hey, look, you really don't need to know a lot. You need to, you need to have like a conversational ability with it." Like, you know, could you sit around and sort of shoot the shit with someone? Sorry, I don't know if you can curse on this thing, but. Oh, yeah, you can. Okay. You know, if you, can just, if you can generally shoot the shit with someone about, you know, what's going on in the world, you know, of finance, then, then you're okay. And I think it, what really helped me was that, you know, especially with a front end, you know, the, the front end of the business. You know, I had the very first promo that I ever wrote it was um, a promo I co-wrote with Kyle Milligan and it was a front end and it did over 50,000 names. I think it was like around 55,000 sales. And a lot of that success was because, you know, and if people understand the front end of the business is, you know, usually like the people who don't have too much awareness about what you're selling and so I didn't have a lot of awareness. So I was essentially explaining it to myself, right? Like I was figuring out like, how does this make sense to me? And once I could figure out how to say something so it made sense to me, then it made sense to the market. So that's what I mean when I say like, it, it, it's way easier than you think. You don't have to be some kind of stock market expert or options expert or anything like that. That's what the experts are for. You have gurus there, right? And, um, you know, that's their job. Your job is to take their expertise and their complicated system and, you know, distill it down to the like digestible truths, you know? So that's what I mean when I say it's, it's much easier when I say it's like much harder than you think. This thing can be, this can be a brutal game. If you don't have a super thick skin, like if you don't, like if you can't take failure after failure after failure, you know, and disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, if you take that shit personally, it's going to be a long road for you, man. And the interesting thing is, Almost, I, well, I think almost every single person that you would end up working with on some kind of level, you know, a, a copy chief in the finance, financial world or a publisher, they'll all tell you they expect failures. They'll, they'll tell you not to take it personally. So it's not like those people are coming at you, you know, making it personal, but it's very difficult when you spend like two months researching and writing a promo. And, you know, if you have one hit promo, man, it can change your life. So every time you put are putting something out, you have that little idea in the back of your mind, like, man, this could fucking change my life. You know, I had one that 
changed my life. And, you know, when you, when, what was the one that changed your life? Yeah. Tell tell us. Okay. Yeah. So when I left Agora Financial and I went to write for Wealth Press, I was the first copywriter that Wealth Press hired, like the first in-house copywriter. The publisher had been, I think, writing most of the copy until then. I wrote one promo for them. It did great for them, right? They were doing like 200 grand a month in sales. And I think this webinar that I wrote did like 300 grand in a day. So 200 grand a month to 300 grand a day. They were like, holy holy shit. So then the next thing I wrote for them was like a, a much more complicated backend. There's a side story to this that I think is very important. WealthPress had contracted a freelance copywriter to write a, a 4X backend. That cop- copywriter kind of, you know, took the <laughs> took the 50% payment, strung them along for weeks and weeks and weeks. And when it was getting down to like, the, hey, we haven't even seen a headline in lead yet. Like, where is this thing? The dude ghosted them. Completely gone. This is this is a guy working right now, has a gigantic Facebook group. You know his name. I'm not going to. He and I have like beefed online. But I, so I'm not going to mention his name, but this is a working copywriter right now. So what happened was Morgan Busby, the owner of InvestPub, which was, you know, the umbrella company over WealthPress. He called me and said, hey, man, do you think you can write a Forex promo? And I was like. Probably not, to be honest with you. I don't know the first thing about Forex. And he said, well, I need you to, and I need you to write it in like three weeks. And I was like, this is is impossible. So long story short, I ended up writing it, you know, and I, you know, it's not like I did it all on my own. I had a great guru who could read a script really well, leverage some of the connections that the company had, and they brought in other gurus, flew in gurus from across the country to sort of have a roundtable discussion as part of the VSL. And that thing ended up doing like three and a half million bucks. Remember, this is for like, yeah, this is for a company that's doing 200 grand a month, you know, a few months ago. <clears throat> so it did three and a half million bucks. And you know how the royalty, you know, stuff works in this game. Like, you know, it's normally, you know, you know, wait three months and, you know, they back out, you know, refunds and then, you know, so you can write something and it's not until four or five months later, you get your first royalty check. So I wrote that and I was like, man, I, wow, it's the biggest hit of my career to that time. And then, you know, I wake up and I have a text message from Morgan, the owner of the company. And he's like, hey, I sent you a little something, you know, to go ahead and check your account. This was like the next day, like after sales had like settled and like, holy shit. And he wired me into my account a hundred thousand dollars because yeah so i was making five percent of the sales minus refunds so i mean that wasn't even the full amount that i would eventually end up getting but he was like so confident he's like look i you know changed his life a little bit you know so i you know that was one of the most awesome things anyone has ever done for me he certainly didn't have to do it right but when i say like well you say i mean it's it's fair not that Fair and publisher even are usually in the same paragraph, but you saved his butt, you know, so, right? Yeah. Morgan Busby is the nicest guy in financial publishing, but that's what I mean when I say like one 
one promo can change your life. That changed my life. It's the most amount of money I ever had at one time, like ever, you know, and it's difficult, you know, and then since then I've put out bombs, you know, and it's still hard for me, you know, but I'm, I'm better at it now. But, you know, each time I put it out, I'm thinking might be able to buy a condo with this next one, man. Like, you know, once you get that taste of a gigantic royalty, you always want more. Right. But, um, sure. you know, I don't take it as personally as I used to. I kind of, when I have a bomb, I feel bummed for half a day and then, you know, it's on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, th- that's such a great point. It's like, it's like, you got to think about Babe Ruth. Maybe you don't, but I, I would, you know, swing for the fences. And he also struck out more than anybody else. But I think he, at the time he got more home runs than anybody else too. But it is a high risk, high reward, tightrope kind of thing. Not, not always, not always easy. Cool. So what's the best way for someone to get their door, their foot in the front door of financial copywriting? What do you think? Yeah, I think that the easiest way to do it or the way to do it with the chance of the most success is the way I did it. And that was I first focused on short form. I think it's, I mean, almost impossible. It's just a, it's a really difficult ask to, I don't know, to, to get someone who's relatively new, brand new to copywriting and to go, Hey, check this out. You're going to write, you know, a 10,000 word thing, you know, in a very particular way, you know, in, in the stock market thing, you don't even know about that. But just to start from there, it, like impossible in my estimation. It's mm-hmm. really like you got to like get in the door, right? You got to get your feet wet. And I did that with, okay, someone's already written the promo. Great. I can read that promo and then I can write emails about it. Like, you know, when someone's already got the big idea and they got all the cool points in it and sure, I can write an email with a little bit of urgency, you know, and it's kind of intriguing and I can type, you know, click here now and I can get that going. And what's great is that a lot of times when this happens with me, by the time I'm done writing a promo, all that supporting copy is like the last shit on earth I want to write. Like when I'm done with a promo, and it doesn't even have to be like emails or space ads and things like that. That's how I first got started. But it's also things like the order form. When I finish writing a thing, I'm like, fuck, man. I don't want to write this order form. Can someone just write it for me? Look, here's the offer part of the promo. I've done it. I've paid people 500 bucks to write my order form before. And, you know, I go through it and fix it up and change it around. But it's just not wanting to do all that supporting copy work afterwards. So that's how I got started. And a lot of publishers are always looking for that stuff because it's relentless. It's nonstop. You know, it might take two months to write a financial promo. And then, you know, you have a whole team of people help getting it out. Well, then, you know, if it's working, you got to send emails every freaking day for that thing, man. Mm -hmm. So it, it never stops. And you might have two, three, four, five different lists. And you might send one, two, three emails to each one of those lists every single day. Like you need, you might need 10 emails a day, every day for the next month. And the copywriter who wrote that 
was thinking, well, fuck, man, I want to start writing my other promo now. Wait, you know, but I also have this other promo that's working right now. So I want to, I got to, you know, keep putting the wood on that fire with those emails. But shit, I'm trying to write this thing over here, this new thing. So I, if so, if I, I would do what I did again. And that was, I would sign up for every publisher's emails. I would look at every single one of the promos that comes in, the emails for the promos that come in. And then I would write email. I wouldn't ask. Don't ever ask. It was a big piece of advice. Don't ever ask to do anything in this business. Just fucking do it. Just do it, man. So that's what I did when like Agora Financial United Kingdom had a promo out. And I hadn't written shit for anything. And I wrote a couple emails for some promo that they had. I don't even remember. And I sent it off to Glenn Fisher who was the copy chief of Agora Financial UK at the time. And they ended up using my emails. And I said, holy shit, I can't did they, believe. Agora did they pay Finan- you? Did they just decide how much they were going to pay? No, totally free. And okay. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that because I was like, oh, you know what? Now I can get to say Agora Financial UK like has used my stuff. Right? So now my toe is in the door. So now any other financial publisher on earth you know, I was going to be like, well, if this guy wrote emails for Agora Financial UK, he's like pretty good. That's all you need. You got to get, you just need that little, that it's not even like a toe, man. You just need a little, like a little hair in the door. And once you get that hair in the door, man, then you can do it. But then, here's the thing. If I would have emailed them and said, hey, can I write some things for you? They probably would have ignored it. Or they would have said, no, or, you know, no, we don't hire freelancers or whatever. I just wrote emails and sent it to them and said, hey, use these. You don't have to pay me. I just want you to use them. You know, just share some stats with me if you do use them. And that's what they did. And so, and that's when I got, you know, I was able to get hired at Agora Financial in Baltimore. And that's what we started out doing for months was, and Aaron Gensler was my copy chief. And Ryan McGrath trained me a little. And you you had two guys who were really good teachers and really hard teachers too. I I had the best I was so fortunate. Like I had Joe Schrefer teaching us everything he knows about copy and Aaron Gensler cracking my fucking teeth every day. <laughs> like, and, then, and Ryan McGrath, like I had the best, you know, situation. So yeah. it was great. But um, I don't remember where I was going with that. But, oh, that's how I got in there with uh, short form copy. And the, that's what you do for like the longest time over there is like, okay, you write all the supporting copy, you'll write the emails, you write the space ads for already successful promos. And then maybe you start doing releads and uh, you know, your audience probably knows what a relead is, but you've got a working promo and it's starting to fatigue, you know, or maybe a promo that didn't work less a promo that didn't work. And you try to fix it a little bit. That happens way less often, but a promo that's kind of working and fatiguing, you know, you know, you do a relead. It's like a, a new marketing hook, sort of a new big idea, a new headline and change the lead and keep the rest of the promo. You know, that that's that's the uh, evolution of what I did. Emails to space ads to writing releads to then my first promos. Yeah. And what period of time are we talking? How long did this take? So it's a weird thing. Probably four four months. But 
what you have to understand is that like that was not four months of like half-assing it. So that was four months of we were going through a thing called copy camp, right? Oh, yeah. Which every day at Agora Financial, you, you know. And then after a copy camp, this is something that I want to make sure, you know, look, man, if you really want to do this thing, and I know not everyone has the ability to, uh, you know, at the time I moved to Baltimore, right? And not everyone can do that. And at the time, Agora required that, but I, I don't think they do now. But just to give you an idea of like, like, if you want to make it in this thing, man, like, what does it take? Okay. It was me, a copywriter named Ben Ogren, who's still at Agora Financial, and a copywriter, Manny Madrano. And we were living together in Baltimore, and we would wake up at 5, 5.30 in the morning, and we would, you know, get our coffee and whatever, and we'd meet down at the front door, and we would walk together through the downtown streets of Baltimore, at like 5.30, 5.45 in like December, January, February, cold as shit, through the snow, a lot of shady shit going on because it's Baltimore. And we would be the first people at the offices at Agora Financial. Like we'd be at the office at 6, 6.30 at the latest, sitting down, writing copy, reading copy, studying copy. Aaron Gensler, who was like, who would was getting in earliest, like would come in at 7.30 and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Or, you know, and, and, uh, and we did that for months and months and months and months and months. And other people didn't like, there were people like in our copy group that didn't do that. And now like, I'm a pretty successful financial copywriter. Manny's a very successful financial copywriter. And Ben is a very successful financial copywriter. Like we went all in on this thing and I'm still pretty all in like it it's rare a day goes by where i'm not talking to somebody about copy or doing a copy thing or reviewing a copy or saying holy shit did you see that thing that that copywriter did it's two steps shy of like a vincent van gogh level obsession with your art that's how that's how i feel it is and like i'd be surprised if you go a day without talking about something copywriting or advertising related, or if it's always in the back of your, always playing in the back of your mind. Always. Yeah. So I, that's, you know, look, you can kind of get into this game and kind of be okay. And like, you know, trudge along. But if you want to like make the living that people talk, like, you know, the, the things you hear, like those, you think they're like they're fairy tales of like, you know, the kind of money that people make in this industry. First of all, it's true. It's true. Secondly, it's not just going to like come to you. You have to don't ask, don't ask permission. Just go for it. And when you go for it, man, you got to fucking go for it. Yeah. Wow. This, I would say, is about the most real world thing we've heard about getting into copywriting in a, a specific niche. This is awesome. I think we're close to out of time. Nathan, did you have anything you wanted to ask her? add before we wrap up i just appreciate the honesty of this i know that when i got into copywriting at first i had a couple of hits and i've had a bunch of bombs and i struggled for five six years trying to make a name for myself and trying to acquire 
good testimonials and sometimes you write a bomb and then you're like, oh gosh, nobody's ever going to trust me because I wrote this big bomb and why would anybody want to hire me? So it's not the glamour, the glitz that a lot of the people who sell copywriting courses make it out to be. So I, I appreciate that. But I've also... I'm at the point now in my career where I am thankful every day that I wake up that this is what I get to do for a living. It's it's an amazing opportunity. It's an amazing job for someone like me. And for if you're listening to this, once you do make it or once you start to make it, you're probably going to be like, man, this is all that it's cracked up to be. But it does. It's not the easy path that a lot of people sell it as. And then once you get good at copywriting, you start to realize why they sell it that way, because that's kind of what we do. But yeah, just I appreciate you coming on and, and giving a real honest disclosure about your journey, because I feel like a lot of us that have reached success in copywriting have gone through a lot of these same things. And people that are just getting started should have a realistic expectation about it. So thank you for coming on and sharing that with us. My pleasure. All right. Yeah, you know, little cross-promotion. Chris Haddad had me on his podcast, and we spent a lot of time talking about just what you're talking about, Nathan, about people who sell copywriting as a biz op and as a, you know, as a, a sort of law of attraction kind of dream. And both of you guys have said better than anything I could say right now. The, the reality is, you know, the, the law of gravity is actually more important than the law of attraction. And, you know, there's just certain basic things you got to do and momentum and commitment and obsession is included in those things. So I'm, I'll rant another time. You know, this, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is Rob's interview, but wow, Rob, thank you. Yeah, I would agree. Thank you for being so real, sharing it all. I hope people get what you're saying is true and well you're unique and your success is your method is not unique that's just how you got to do it that's everyone i know who's been successful has their own unique version of what you described today so thanks for the honesty yeah my pleasure thanks for having me guys i appreciate it before we're out of here rob is there anywhere that you would like our listeners to go if they can check out you or find out find out more about you or maybe get in contact with you where's the best place to send them Sure. If you notice, I laughed when you, you brought up uh, copywriters selling courses. I always thought like, you know, I'm always like, man, that's the first thing. Some, as soon as someone gets a mild hit in this business, they're like, oh, I'm putting out a course on how to, on how to do this shit. And I hate it. No, no, I don't hate everyone who has a course, but, you know, I hate the people, you know. Who are lying to the public. The hit. Yeah. And then put out a course and it's like, uh, you know, come on. I always, my, my feeling of it is like we stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Like, you know, I was reading the Gary Halbert letters for free. Like they're online. I can't believe they're online for free. And I'm thinking, my God, I can't, Bond is putting these on online for free. He's nuts. He should be charging for this. And like, that's the kind of stuff I did. Like, what am I going to tell you that Gary Halbert hasn't already done or, you know, Mr. Garfinkel. So like, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? So I don't have a course, but you can go to my website, riseandmind.com. It's the opposite of rise and grind. The, um, the idea, my, my thing is that like, I can teach you more of like the mindset of how to do, of how to do. Oh, that, oh that's really good. Yeah. It's not, I'm, I'm probably not going to tell you anything about writing a headline complex that Clayton Makepeace hasn't already put 
down for free. Like you, PDF is online, you know, like, but I have um, had some experience with uh, mindset stuff that I think I can help most people with. So riseinmind.com. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on. If you're listening to this right now and you want to check out more episodes of this here podcast, you can always head over to copywriterspodcast.com and make sure that while you're there, you like and subscribe to the show. And until next time, we will catch you later. See you later. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not, but he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab, garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. Brought to you by the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.